All right, let's go ahead and begin today by reading from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. And if you'd like to get ahead a little bit, we're going to also turn to Mark chapter 4. So Philippians 4, Mark 4. Uh, we'll start in Philippians uh, verse 6 and 7. Last week we learned this scripture. And I believe it's going to save you a lot of problems and a lot of struggles in life. So let's go ahead and read it together. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then it says this, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We talked about Philippians 4 last week. We talked about the peace of God, the peace that surpasses understanding and it passes every test. We talked about it guarding your heart, guarding your mind, and we also talked about finding peace through prayer and through praise. Anybody do that this week? Anybody practice prayer? Anybody do a little bit of praise this week? Prayed and, and thanked God for something this week? I can tell some of you did. You're doing good. All of us, you're doing great. Keep going. And, and what I want to do is keep going to Mark chapter 4. This is the same story we examined last time, but from a different gospel. So we're going to turn to Mark 4. I felt we covered the assignment well, uh, but there was something we hit toward the end of our time. I knew we weren't done yet. So we're going to return to the scene of the storm in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come to them, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And it says this, there was other little boats also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40, but then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have such little faith, no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. I'm going to stop there as we continue our series, Find Peace. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we thank you today. You are the hope of the world, the whole world. And we pray today that your peace would become personal and it would become intimate. We invite the peace of God to rule our hearts, to guard our minds, to be uh, the king of peace, to be our peace. And Father, we invite that uh, work of the Holy Spirit. God, only you can do it as we surrender and cooperate with your plan and your purpose for us. So we say, yes, have your way. God, speak to us, encourage us, transform us in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, uh, I wonder uh, today as we get ready to embark on this second installment of Find Peace and uh, really just an opportunity for us to allow God to speak to our hearts, 
uh, to be anxious for nothing, right? The peace of God ruling our hearts and our minds. And uh, I was thinking about this topic and I was just thinking about um, calming, peaceful memories. I wonder what some of your favorite memories are, especially from your childhood. I imagine you have some, something you look back on that brings a smile to your face, brings comfort or calm. You know, maybe it's a comfort food. You remember just how your mom used to make it. Maybe a family trip, a favorite teacher or a, a favorite grade. Maybe you went to your grandparents in the country or you went fishing with your grandfather. Uh, the first time you saw the ocean or maybe the smell of Thanksgiving. Uh, the first time you got to sit at the big table. And as I look back, one thing that strangely sticks out to me from my childhood that brings calm and peace is being in the car. And I know that that might sound strange. Just a kid riding in the backseat of a car. It's not sensational. There was nothing uh, special about the car. But it was just the rhythm and the hum of the road and the vibration of the engine. And I would get into the car and without fail, I would fall asleep. Five minutes into a car ride, I was fast asleep. And if it was raining, driving in the rain, the pattering on the roof, the back and forth of the wipers, I'd be gone in moments. And why not? Mom and dad, they're at the wheel. They know where we're going. They know how to get there. They'll let me know when we get there and it's all taken care of. There's really nothing to worry about. And I, I remember as a child riding in the car, even on family trips, a fond, peaceful memory for me as I would fall asleep, which is ironic because some of my worst memories were also being in the car on a family trip, the fighting, the sibling rivalry, the battle for dominance, the property line disputes in the back seat. You know what I'm talking about, a family of five, that's what we were, in a two-door Nissan Sentra, just this two-door little compact car. That's a recipe for divorce and child emancipation. And, and it was just crazy. It was chaos. And we all need counseling when, when these things are over in our, in our childhood. But it's interesting to me that the place of turmoil and trauma can bring you to a place where you find peace and rest. The title of our discussion today is Sleeping Through Storms. And as we read in our text in Mark 4, Jesus has a peace that is beyond what this world can give. It's a peace that passes and transcends what we're able to understand. A peace that will allow him to doze off in the midst of a storm and, and sleep soundly in the bow of a boat. Even when the wind and waves, listen, it's a peace that will allow you and I to doze off even when the wind and the waves are full on. When Jesus invites us to go to the other side, and he's, by the way, fully aware that there's a storm between us and the other side. But when Jesus invites us to go to the other side, he's saying, come with me, follow me, and I will teach you how to handle storms. I'll teach you to find peace and maintain your peace even in the storm. So what we can see clearly in this text is that storms are not meant to scar you, to sink you, to swamp you, to overwhelm you. They are there. Storms teach you to find peace. They're teaching us to find peace. So I want to share three places we find peace in the storm. We're going to use this text again. Uh, three places that we find peace in the storm. The first one is we find peace in his plan. We find peace in his plan. And what I want to talk about here is the unseen the unseeable plans and purposes of God. 
the unseen and the unseeable plans and purposes of God. Because it tells us in Mark chapter 4, on the same day when evening had come, when evening had come, this, this is happening at night. This is a detail we did not get from Luke's account last week. We did not find that in Luke's account, but in Mark, he reveals an added detail. When evening had come, not only are they launching, understand, out into the deep, not only will the waters turn and the waves rise against them, but this is all happening at night. Being on the water in bad weather is always scary. But not being able to see where you are in relation to the shore, not having the ability to visually uh, identify for yourself where is the land or, or fortify yourself for the next big wave that's about to hit. You're unable to see and assess the shoals and the shallows and safety and security. Jesus, I'll go to the other side with you, but only if I can see. Jesus, I'll go to the other side, of, uh, side with you, but I, I want to be able to see what's coming. Can you send me, you know, your intended path? Can you submit your ETD, ETD and your ETA? I'd like to know kind of the schedule and, you know, do you have uh, some sort of itinerary that, that you could run by me? Do you have some weather reports? I'm going to need some assurances that it's safe. And, and why go in the dark, Jesus? Why are, there, why are there times I feel like I'm in the dark? I haven't been consulted. I don't know exactly where I'm headed. I'm, I'm like Abraham, who God said to Abraham, get up and go to the land I show you. Okay, well, what's the land? I'll show you you're there when you get there. Okay, well, what route are we taking? I'll show you the route when you get to the route. See, sometimes God needs, listen, sometimes God needs to take your natural perception out of the spiritual equation. Sometimes God puts us in the dark. He brings us out in the night. And, and what he does is he takes your natural perception out of the spiritual equation in order to deal with your anxious anticipation and, and maybe to deal with your fear-filled disposition. He brings us out into the dark and says, trust my plan. And we can do that. Because we know the promises of God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. We can trust his plan and find profound peace in the plan, even when we cannot see the plan. See, you might be saying, well, that's okay for Sundays, but hey, we're talking about real life here. I'm, I'm really in real, like, like an actual dark place and in a, in a place where there are wind and waves and the storm around me. But listen, verse 37, it tells us, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. This is real life we're reading about in Mark chapter four. The boat is already filling. Like, it, it's already coming in. And they're in the dark, but they know enough to feel the water rising on the inside of the boat. And listen, you don't want to feel a water level inside the boat. And this is the response. In the middle of the night, you're, you're just you're, you're blind to natural perception. And maybe in your life right now, there's things going on that you, you, what is God planning and where is this going? And are we really getting to the other side? And why would God invite me into this mess anyway? The Bible says we live by faith, not by what we see. We live by faith. 1 Corinthians 5 says we're walking by faith, not by sight. 
So it should come as no surprise that Jesus says, let's go for a ride when the visibility is poor, when the weather is bad, when the water is dangerous. I can't see your plan through the fog. God says, exactly. We need to understand this is a journey where your vision and your intuition and your experience and your education will be of no help because he's not just trying to get you transported to the other side. He's endeavoring to transform you on the inside. And that's a difference. It's not just getting you from point A to point B, but to, to actually work within you the fear, the worry, the anxiety, and, and in its place install a peace that passes understanding. So if Jesus beckoned you to start the business, come on, to launch the enterprise, to take a step of faith, to give the offering, to leave the shore of, of that relationship, and then suddenly it got dark, he is bringing release into your life, release of fear and anxiety and worry. He's bringing you to a place where faith is renewed and you find peace in his plans. Not your preparation and not peace in your preferences, but peace in his plans. Those are the unseen, the unseeable plans and purposes of God. Peace that passes what I see and what I know and I can find peace in his plan. That's number one. Number two, we can find peace in his word. And we can see that Jesus spoke and things changed. When God speaks, things change. And what I want to talk about is the immutable, irresistible word and will of God. God has a plan, but then God speaks and his plan starts to take formation. We, we read a moment ago in Mark 4, verse 39, it says, Then he arose and he rebuked the, the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And what happened? The wind ceased and there was a great calm. It stopped. Three little words. Peace be still. Three little words. Peace be still. And it says there was a great calm. Parents the world over marvel at this kind of authority, this kind of command, this kind of responsiveness to the immediate response to, to the directive. When you see a parent and child in the store and you see the parent say, don't touch it. What does the child do? Touches it anyway. Put that cereal box back. The child proceeds to carry the cereal box around for another two aisles. Don't climb on that. The child continues to climb. Leave the cart alone. The child continues to ram the back of their Achilles every 20 feet. Unruly children, unruly waves. And we watch parents speak a word. They hopefully have authority and command and, and uh, respect and all the things necessary. But we watch the child resist. We watch the child refuse, sometimes even rebel. But we don't see a struggle in the sea, in the ocean, in the waves, in the wind. Do we understand when Jesus spoke, peace be still. There was no argument in the heavenlies, in the expanse of, 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 of earth and ocean and wind and waves and elements. There was no discussion. There was no debate. Do we understand the authority and the power and the command and the hierarchy of when the king of kings, come on, the king of peace, the word that was made flesh, Jesus, who is the alpha and the omega, the commander in chief, the great I am, when he declares peace be still, there was a great calm. He didn't say, hold on. He didn't look to the disciples and just say, hold on for a minute until this blows over. Sorry, guys. 
He didn't say, grab onto something. We'll just have to ride this out. He said, that is enough. This ends now. This will continue no longer. And it happened at his word. I wonder what would happen if you and I began to turn the pages of this book, to allow the words of God to be pronounced over your marriage and declared over your mindset and confessed over your sin and your past and repeated over your future and, and declared over your finances, the authority of his majesty, the command of his care, the immutable and irresistible word and will of God, the promises and the peace we find between the pages of this book. His words are life. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then it goes on to say, there's a reason that scripture is given. That the man of God, the person, the people of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Ready, complete. That, that concept of shalom, the Old Testament word for peace, complete. That we would be complete, that you would be complete. Scripture is given to us so that God can continue completing you and I. His word, we need it. We find peace in it. And when he speaks, peace happens. The immutable, irresistible word and will of God. Peace and calm that is both supernatural and super personal. Peace that surpasses what I could do and transcends what I could understand. There is peace in his word. That's number two. And finally, number three, I find peace in his care. We can find peace in his care. This is the unstoppable, incom incomprehensible love of God. We're talking about the love of God, the unstoppable love of God, the incomprehensible love of God. We find peace in his love. And I want to look at it this in Mark 4, verse 38, where we can pick this up. It says, but he was in the stern, we're talking about Jesus here, asleep, it says, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? Do you not care? Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? What an amazing statement. The disciples are making do you not care see before this disciples were all good right they were calm they were collected until the storm arose you know and i look around anybody can have fair weather sunny skies faith you know we have the the fair weather faith the the nothing's going wrong faith the, it's all good faith but but then the storm comes and the storm comes and the disciples lose it right so i, I number one i'm so grateful that the disciples of Jesus who walk with him daily are losing in this moment because I lose it sometimes. I know you lose it sometimes and it's encouraging to know we have a God that won't kick us out of the boat when we're losing it, but he's patient with us. But look what happens. It says, with lightning flashing and, and, and the thunder is rolling, these disciples who know their way around boats and they know the wind and the waves and they know how to steer through a storm and they've navigated out of situations on, on these waters before. But yet in this moment, they lose their heads. They freak out. And when they encounter the storm, the first thing they question is God's love for them. Do you not care? See, I knew you loved me when the sun was shining, but do you love me in the rain? 
Do you love me in the wind? Do you love me in the surgery? Do you love me in the unemployment line? Do you love me in, in divorce? What is it about storms that make us, make you, make me question that love? What is it about storms that make you change your position to cast off your peace and start questioning the care and the character of God's love? See, that's what we do. We cast off our peace and we start questioning God's care, God's character, his love. When I see something coming, when you see something coming, what makes you toss your trust or leave your peace? What makes you doubt his love in your life? Because that's how they process this. Do you not care? How can you lay there, Jesus, and be asleep in the middle of a storm? But what it shows is they still don't realize who Jesus is. Jesus wakes up out of his sleep, and he rises to the bow of the ship. Get this scene. He rises to the bow of the ship, and he commands the circumstances with a peace-filled authority. Jesus says, I'm not panicking because I'm here. And I do care. And, and for you and I, if we're questioning God because he's not panicking with us, if you're upset with God because he's not freaking out with you, if you're asking God to join you in your hysteria and ditch his peace, to start medicating with you, to look the other way while you lean on a few drinks or a few drags, listen, he's not going to do that because he doesn't just have peace. He doesn't just give peace. He is our peace. And he is the prince of peace. And because he is absolute peace, completion, shalom, everything done, he doesn't need the cooperation of outside variables. He doesn't need the, the help from circumstances in order to pronounce peace be still. And his love and his care and his concern, it's beyond question. We can find peace in his care. Don't you care that we're perishing? One translation says, but we have answers to that. Casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. Peter told us that in 1 Peter 5, 7. That he cares for you so you can cast all your care on him. Even in the midst of the storm. Even when you're panicking. Even when you feel that, that paralyzation of, of worry and doubt and, and fear for the unknown. Cast your care. Because God still cares for you. We can find peace in his care. Come on, that's the unstoppable an incomprehensible love of God. Consider it. Consider the declaration of his care. In the words of the prophet I, uh, uh, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving devotion. Again, I will build you and you will be rebuilt. That's the pronouncement of a God who cares. I love you. Not just regular love, not just a dispensation of love, but an everlasting love an enduring love, and I've drawn you with loving devotion, and I'm building you, and, and, and I will finish what I start building, and you will be rebuilt. Come on, in his care, we find peace, settled peace. We find secure peace. I know where I stand peace. I'm not going to freak out or lose it peace. Even asleep in the storm and snoring away peace. That's why we're learning, aren't we? We're learning. Don't panic in storms. We don't lose our peace in storms because we're a peculiar people with a peculiar peace. Because we have received the unstoppable, incomprehensible love of God. So that's why when you read the demand letter, you still had your peace. And when, when you had your doctor's consultation and he showed you the x-rays, you still had your peace.
because I find peace in Jesus. Though storms happen and storms will rage and they will come and go, my peace doesn't. You hear me? My peace doesn't come and go. I find peace because he's with me. I find peace because he has plans for me. I find peace because God speaks to me. And I find peace because God is caring for me. I don't know what you're sailing through, but you can get through anything as long as you keep your peace. If you need the peace of God right now, I'm, I wanna pray this over your life. I wanna make a declaration over your life. So, so receive this right now, wherever you are in the midst of, of the unexpected and the tumult and turmoil and trauma of the world around us, we make this de declaration right now. Father, we thank you that somebody is stepping into another dimension of faith right now, stepping into another uh, place, entering into another level of trusting you. And there is some uncertainty for sure and anxiety and insecurity involved. But we remind ourselves right now of your promise that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. So we declare right now, you're gonna get us through this. We're gonna make it. And I declare right now, you shall live and not die. Though you fall, you will not be cast down. Though the storm will rage, you will not be overwhelmed. You will get there. You may go through some stuff, you, but you will get there. You may be betrayed, but you will get there. You may get delayed, but you will get there. And the peace of God will guard you as you go. I declare that over your life. And, and one last uh, moment I want to take to pray. And before we leave today, I want to pray with just one more group of people. Maybe you tuned in today and you, you just don't know the, the, the peace that we're talking about. We're describing something that sounds so wonderful, yet so foreign, so impossible. The Bible says that God wants to forgive our sins and give us the gift of salvation and to become our peace. Does he care? The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, that he so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that if we believe in him, we will not perish but have eternal life. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now to respond to this great care, to his amazing grace. And I'm gonna invite you right now just to repeat this simple prayer with me, nice and loud. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart, wash me clean. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Now say this boldly, I am a Christian. By grace I've been saved, his peace I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you very, very much, and we are so expectant for what God is going to do.